men. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Venture Property Podcast, and thank you very much for listening. My name is Ryan Carruthers, and I am your host for today. If you are new to the podcast, then please do hit subscribe. We talk to some incredible people on this podcast talking about why they've invested in certain deals and how they've done that, and also some people's amazing deals and how they found them, et cetera, et cetera. Today, we are sponsored by Land Insight, which is the ultimate tool for people to find all the deals in which they need. It's something that I use on an almost daily basis. I use it to find land. I also find comps on similar properties around that area so I can do my due diligence to find out per square foot what things are selling for, what they've been marketed for, et cetera, et cetera. Can you please do me a favor and hit review on this podcast? I'm trying to get as many reviews as possible, so that would be great if you could do that. Today, I've got a really interesting guest that multiple people have told me I should have on the show, so I'm really excited to to speak to this person. This person is somebody, like I say, that many people have said I should speak to, so I think you guys are going to get so much from that interview, and that person is John Howard. How are you doing today, John? I'm very, very well, Ron. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very excited Excellent. to uh, to hear from you and to hear about your favourite deal. So for the people who don't know you, why don't you just give them a brief introduction okay. and a background about yourself? Okay, so I'm John Howard and I've been a property developer stroke investor for over 40 years. I bought and sold over 3,500 properties during that time and I'm still going. I've been described as a Volvo car with 200,000 miles on the clock and still going strong, <laughs> which probably makes me sound a bit too steady, doesn't it, Ryan? Or a safe <laughs> pair of hands, because... Or a safe pair of hands, yeah, reliable, consistent. And I think being consistent, mentally consistent, uh, is really important. Why do you think that is? I think um, if you you know if you've got a, um, a policy or a, a, a way of doing doing um, something that is successful, you have to keep doing it. You, you know Wimbledon's on at the moment, and uh, do you think those tennis players don't hit 500 forehands and 500 backhands a day and a thousand serves a day? That's all they do every day, and no. they're consistent. They're mentally consistent with what they do. They have a system they work to. And it works for them. And it's very important when you're in property that one, people know what type of property you buy. Because if they don't know what you buy, how the hell are they going to ring you up and say, I've got a deal for you? Mm. Uh, If you just say, look, I buy anything. Well, really? Um, That's one, it's not true. And secondly, most people end up specializing in something. It might be buy to let, it might be the infamous now HMOs, which I'm sick of hearing about, to be honest with you, Ryan. <laughs> or in my days, in my day, they were called bedsits. You know, yeah. nothing's new. Um, or, or it might be developing, you know, converting um, houses into flats. But, but you need to hang your hat on something. So when you when you speak to sorcerers, as they're called now, in my day or now, I just call them property finders. And by the way, we always pay them a two percent finders fee wherever the deal comes from. Mm. Um, it's very important that they know what you want to buy. Otherwise, they're not going to ring you. I completely agree with that. And I think as well, it goes into that, that focus as well, doesn't it? If you've, got a, if you've got a focus, you know exactly what you're, you're looking for and what you want, then when those deals do hit your inbox or somebody rings you about a, a deal, you can very, very quickly make the decision whether it's worth you spending your sure. time on or not. And I think a lot of people, when they start out, they don't do that. 
and then no. they're looking at loads of different things. It's like a scattergun. And it's a total scattergun, Ryan. And, and, yeah. and what I would say is, instead of jumping in and buying, buying a, a, a property where there's no margin, no profit in it, spend six months studying the market, talking to people, reading the odd good book. I don't think you need to go on hundreds of training courses. I think that's a red herring too. Uh, and spend a day and a half talking about mindset. You know, the mindset is surely you're in the property game, you want to make some money, so let's kick on and do it. Not right. talk about it, for not, not analyze it for two years, and that's not necessary. But what is necessary is to spend some time working out what you want to do, how you want to do it, and how you're going to achieve it, and over how long a period you want to achieve it in. Once you've got a framework, then you can start uh, getting out there and talking to people and that way they know what you want to do because you've decided before you go out there what you want to do and it's so so important uh, and the other thing that's vitally important is that you make some margin on a deal yeah. I speak to so many people and they go well I don't know how much I'm making on it well what the hell are you doing then you yeah, know I mean, the whole point time? of being in property Ryan is to make a profit it seems like for some people that is a dirty word yeah. And it's madness. It is a business. Whether you do one a year, whether you do 10 a year or 100 a year, it, it's a business and it needs to be treated as such. You can lose money. Yeah. And Quite not easily. just a little bit either. You know, in this game, oh. it, it's a lot of money that you're, that you're using. Yeah. You are spot on. Spot on. Yeah. You know, it's, I think I completely agree with you, especially on the, the whole courses and thing. Read a couple of books and then, do you know what? Go and find somebody who's doing exactly what you think that you want. Yeah, you want, you want, you want to do. And, 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 you know, when, when you go to these meetings and people say, oh, I've made, I've made 100,000, I've done this, I've done that. Really, have they? Yeah. You know, have they taken into account interest, stamp duty, agents' fees, their time? Their, their own money, if they put their own money in at, at 0% interest rate, yeah. because that's crazy. Because if I lend £100,000 to someone, I'll get at least 10%. Mm. So why, why am I, if I'm doing a deal myself, don't I, don't I price that in as well? Yeah. You've got to be tough on yourself. You know, I work on three, three um, unbreakable rules, right? Yep. And they are, and I get, and I, and and people have said to me, "Oh, it's all right for you. It's this, it's that, it's the other. It's not all right for me. I'm out there doing, trying to do deals like everyone else. My three unbreakable rules are: one, if you can't buy it and sell it straight after you bought it, if you can't sell it straight afterwards at a profit without doing anything to it, don't bother buying it. Yep. If you can't mm -hmm. buy it, refurbish it, and sell it at a good profit, don't bother do, buying it." If you can't buy it, refurbish it, refinance it, rent it, refinance it, and get your mo most of your capital back again to go again, then don't then don't do it. Yeah. So they're the three unbreakable rules. That's why I haven't bought anything for nine months because I'm struggling. Yeah. But you know what, Ryan? Form is temporary, class is permanent. God, I and, completely agree. And you you know you can't. It's not. You don't want to beat yourself up for not buying some buying a property. If the deals aren't there, the deals aren't there. And what's happening at the moment is, for me, what's happened is building costs have gone up substantially. Gosh, um, yeah. prices have not gone up substantially. They've come down a little bit. Um, property prices. So these agents haven't cottoned on yet to that fact, or they haven't convinced the their clients that they need to take less for these properties. So what's happening is at the moment there is a real 
um, I'm stuck uh, until the owners of these properties realize, wake up and smell the coffee, that they're not going to get what they think they're going to get. I'm a little bit in limbo. And it happens when the market changes, uh, for whatever reason, this happens. And it takes a little bit of time for the owners to cotton on. And in the end, they need to sell. So they'll, they'll, reduce the pro- they'll reduce the price down to what I can pay in the end and make a decent profit. And when I say a decent profit, Ryan, I'm talking about 20 to 25% net profit on a deal. I'm not talking about 10, 5, 15, because you know what, Ryan? It isn't good enough. If mm. something goes wrong, you'll make no money and you'll probably lose money. At 20 to 25%, if something goes wrong, you'll still make some money. Yeah, and something is going to go wrong. And I've got, you know, the, the regular listeners to the show know that I've got um, a different business away from property, which is on Betfair and the trading. And I always say to the people, there's so many correlations to the my Betfair stuff from property. And I always say to my traders who I'm teaching, there is always another trade. So always another deal. Yeah, you do and, not and have to worry, do you? There is always. No, another there's another. always have confidence in your own ability. There's always another deal. And by the way, you're only as good as your next deal. So whether I've, if I've made half a million pounds on my last deal, £100,000 on my last deal, all I've lost money in my last deal, it is totally irrelevant. Mm. I'm only as good as my next deal. That keeps your feet on the ground, stops you getting cocky and thinking you're God's gift when you're not. We're <laughs> yeah, all back to square yeah. one. We're that's all back to square one. Pieces of advice Kim Stone's, Kim Stone's ever gave me. And it was, whenever you feel like you've made it, then you haven't. And that's when you're most vulnerable. And you're most, well, I call it third deal syndrome. Yeah. So when people, when, when people start getting into property, uh, they do, may, may do a great, the first deal may be a great deal because they take a lot of time and trouble over the deal. The second deal, they're a bit cockier. They don't take quite, do quite, quite as much due diligence. And they sort of believe their own, they breathe their own hype a little bit. The third deal is the problem because by the time the third deal comes along, some of them think they're God's gift to it. And, yeah. and they now think they should be training other people having done two deals, by the way. Mm-hmm. I think they know all about it. Uh, and um, they don't do the due diligence. They believe their own hype. They don't, they don't uh, believe what the agent says. Or if they do, they, so I should say they do believe what the agent says. And the agent's normally 10% too much. Uh, instead of make, making their own decisions, they don't take enough time on, over it. And guess what? They don't do very well. They probably lose money on the third. So the third deal is the one you've got to be very careful about. I love that. I love that. And how many people have you you seen who have then gone into their third deal, got cocky, got arrogant, and it's become also developer-led, um, consultant-led, sorry. So they've got a yeah. great, they've built this great team around them. They're trying to outsource yeah. everything. Yeah. And then it becomes, they don't know their area as well as they think they do because they've let other people do it and consultants. Yeah, them. absolutely. And, all, and also, Ryan, their ego comes into it. Yes. You know, they, especially if it's an auction or something like that. You know, they think because it's them, they, everything they touch turns to gold. Well, guess what? It doesn't. And um, all that glitters is not gold, that's for sure. I, com- I completely agree with you. And I'm really interested now then to move into sort of the next stage of the podcast where we talk about your, your favorite deal. How did you, firstly, what was it and how did you find that deal? Okay, so I've over forty years. You can imagine I've done a lot of really, really good deals. I've done yeah. a lot of average deals, and I've done a few bad deals. And if you show me, you show me a property developer, um, a proper one, investor developer, who hasn't lost any money on a, on a deal, 
and I will show you a liar. It's yeah. just not possible. It doesn't matter who you are, someone somewhere, you would have lost money. Um, so what I'm going to do, I'm not worried. I'm not interested in history particularly. What's happened in the past, I'm sort of not interested. It's gone. Whether it's good or bad, it's gone. And yes, I've done some great deals. So, but but the, what I'm going to talk about is what I've done in the last year because I think that's relevant. Yeah. Yep. So the last year, I've done um, I've done a, a, a few deals in the last year. So one one of the deals I did recently was I bought some land off one of the major house builders, and with these major house builders, quite often. Um, if, if, if they've got a parcel of land left over from a development that's too small for them to mess, to mess around with, they'll just whack it in an auction or they'll sell it off for whatever they can get, to be honest with you. So I bought some land for £200,000 without planning permission, but I, I realized that it had a very good chance of getting planning permission. And I sold it subject to planning. And the people I sold it to did all the planning, so I didn't have to pay any money out. And I sold it for six hundred and fifty thousand. It took twelve months, and I just completed it recently. Wow. So that's quite a good deal. That's not a bad deal. Yeah. So, um, how did so, you so I'm relatively it? pleased about that. Yeah, I would um, be very pleased about that one. Yeah. So um, it doesn't happen every week. It doesn't happen every year. Deals like that, but they. But it, you know what? The harder you work, the luckier you get. Exactly. And deals like that come around if you keep battling away. Be consistent at what you're doing, where you're looking, and it will come. The deals will come, I promise you. Yeah, I Have think, high standards. I think that's the key, isn't it? It's that consistency. I remember speaking to Nick yeah. Carlisle, and he says the way to do the off-market deals and do those great, great deals is to do deals. So the more deals you do, the more you get known, the more people know that you are actively buying. Absolutely. I mean, I, I get phone calls every week from people. And then they say, oh, it's easy for you because you've been at it a long time and you do this. You do I am, but I'm also a bit of a dinosaur. You know, I mean, social media now is so strong. You can find, you know, you know, I, I, bought, a, I bought a property um, off um, one, of those, one of those social media, Gumtree, uh, yeah. a few years ago. <laughs> Um, I bought it off Gumtree, which for me, for a dinosaur, was quite a good effort, I thought. <laughs> and uh, just a single house. I, I bought it and I put it in an auction house auction in Norwich straight away and turned it for, you know, 20000 without without owning it for six weeks. So, you know, we do bigger deals. We do smaller deals at the moment. I'm doing 150 flats um, overlooking the waterfront in Ipswich, £26.5 million development. Uh, but I also still do small deals, and I love doing the smaller deals. It's much more fun, and um, I like getting stuck in. Yeah, same. I mean, I love the, I love the small churning ones. You know, the ones where it's it's unsexy, but it works. And some of the best businesses are unsexy. And I, I without 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 question, you know, you can do. You know, I I, I agree. You know, and and over the years, uh, obviously with. I've, I've developed lots of different things and done lots of, you know, done lots of things. Um, and actually getting stuck in and, and doing most of it on my own, on my on myself without having consultants and God, goodness knows the entourage I've got to put on this, on the big development I'm doing at 20, 26, 27 million. You know, I've got a complete entourage all sucking up to me every day, being nice to me. And actually it's very easy to get a false sense of, um, of your worth when that happens because they, you're paying everyone. And yeah. um, I'd much rather be, in many ways, I'd much rather be buying a, um, you know, 
uh, a house in 10 flats and, and refurbishing them, selling them on again individually on mm. long leases than I would, would doing some of these bigger deals. Yeah. So how do you stay grounded then? Oh, it's very easy um, to stay grounded. That isn't, that, that isn't difficult because I said, you're only as good as your next deal. Mm. That's the key. That is the key. And, you know, there's lots of people, you know, I, I'm just, I'm probably one of the most experienced property developers in the UK because of the amount of deals I've done and what I, and what I have, what I have done, but it doesn't mean I'm the best. There's always someone better. It doesn't matter who you are. There's always someone out there better uh, and more successful. So what would you say the biggest lesson is then? Cause you, like you say, you're one of the most experienced and I mean, I'm just soaking all of this in right now and it'd be really yeah. We're really interested to know what the biggest lesson that you've learned over this incredible career is then. That's a very, very good question. And, I, and I, you know, I do come back to the fact the biggest lesson is that you really are only as good as your next deal. And if your next deal is rubbish, then really <laughs> you're not very good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm always challenging myself. I'm always on the edge of, uh, so I wake up in the morning, I think, where's my next deal? You know, and at any one time I have 15 15 potential deals written you know were not written down these days because they'd be on my iphone these days are written down and i'm monitoring those deals and seeing whether i can get them for the right money or not uh and they might be in different parts of the country there's people i know and i've been properties i've been offered but but i would say that the biggest thing is to again is to be consistent about what you're what you're doing um and and also you know you need to be everyone's friend so everyone, you need to try and be as popular as possible. Don't alienate yourself. You need to be as popular as possible, as many people, uh, so that you get offered those deals first. Mm, yeah, I completely agree. I was actually chatting to a uh, to a really, strange enough, a good property sourcer just last week, and he was saying to me how I'm currently buying a, a really good deal through him. And he's, I said, how come you gave that to me then. And he said, well, you treat me like a human being. You know, yeah. you will, when we go for coffee, you will buy me a coffee. You don't just presume that I'm going to give you the best deals. And you are, you ask me about the wife, you ask me about the kids, you build that relationship. Yeah. It's, it's a total, it's an absolute relationship. It's a complete relationship. I agree entirely with you, you know, and, and you need to, you know, and, and they're part of your team and you need to look after them. And, you know, Eve, you know, I, I, we, uh, saying yesterday i did a seminar yesterday and i was saying yesterday that you know and, and people were surprised but even if even when i sell the property on even if i don't if i sell it to an agent i still give the person who's introduced it to me one percent fee mm. so so i give them a two percent finance fee and i give them a one percent fee when i sell it on at a profit um of, of whatever it sells for i give them one percent mm. as a thank you yeah um and they said well why'd you do that i said because i want the next deal i want them to pick the phone up before they phone you yeah and <laughs> you know, that's and, not going to do that isn't it yeah absolutely and why do you you know why on earth they're going to phone you if you're not and, and if, if you knock them at the last minute and say well i know i was going to pay you two percent but it wasn't quite as good as i thought and i'll give you less you know it's, it's not on you yeah. have to treat people fairly and be decent and honest with them mm. um and you know sometimes it's you know it's worked against me if i've I've done a deal and it's not as good as I thought. I still pay 1% fee to the agent at the end as well as a thank you, whatever I've made. Yeah, yeah, but then it's like you say, it goes back into that that whole premise of the next deal. So yes, okay, that deal wasn't so great, but the next one might be. So you're then in their, in their vision for the next deal all the time. 
Absolutely, totally. I, I, I think that's amazing. I think it's really, it's coming through to me that relationships are such a, a massive, massive part of, uh, of what you do. Is that how most of the deals then come to you now? Uh, most of the deals come to me. It's a good, interesting point. Most properties I buy uh, are either off market yeah. for whatever reason, uh, or they've been on the market, uh, not sold for a long, long time, and they just think, you know, we just need to shift it. Uh, and I get offered them that way as well. So it, it's a really a, 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 a combination of, of, of different, um, of different uh, contacts and agents. Um, uh, my argument normally, I say, if it's been on, it's been on one of the social, if it's been on one of the sites, you know, the right moves, the Zooplas, then probably it's been exposed to the market. And why do I want? Why do I want to buy a property at market value? What's the point? Mm. There's no point buying a property at market value, unless you think the market's going to go up in the next few years dramatically. In which case, that's all very well, but you need to know when to get out, get out of that market, mm. and wait and, and sit on your hands, mm. and wait you, for the market to to drop. Do you ever get offered stuff like that that's been on the market for a long time, and you think, well, yeah. it's not. But then you've got the experience to be able to maybe change the planning on that to actually maximize. For sure, yeah. So, so whatever we buy, whatever I buy, we buy my backers or whatever. Whatever we do, uh, there has to be an angle to it. The angle might be, uh, it might be a planning angle. It might be that it, it, it's great to listed and it, it, you know, not many people want to take it on. So, uh, it, you know, we need to we need to find an angle as to why we can make money out of it. Mm. And as I said, we really need to have at least uh, you need those three. Uh, you need three options to every deal, really. Um, you always need an out before you have an in. Um, you always need to know what you're going to do if it goes wrong. If the market changes. What are you going to do? You know, you just can't keep. And if you make a mistake, and by the way, we've all, like I said earlier, we've all made mistakes. Don't bury your head in the sand. Sell it straight away. Get whatever money back you can. And go again, because while you're sitting there feeling sorry for yourself with the property, yeah, you probably haven't got the funds to go and buy another one. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Sit and look at it for five years until things improve? Yeah. No, sell it. If you can't, you, if you can't use that money um, once every once a year, if you can't turn that that money you've got once a year, yeah, yeah, then actually, what's the point? So in five years, you should be able to turn that money five times. Mm. You should make. You've got five opportunities of making decent profit, or you can sit feeling sorry for yourself and hope you get your money back at some point. Which isn't going to help anyone, is it? And you know, even no. on on the flip side of that as well, you know, if I've got something yeah. on the market and just for yeah. argument's sake, I think I'm going to make twenty grand profit. Yeah. And my offer comes in, and the pro after paying everybody, the profit works out at eighteen grand. I'm going to take that. Yeah. I'm going to take my first profit because they're there. They've offered the money's there. I know that they're cash. I know they're going to get it through legals, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm going to take that first profit because of what you've just said. I then free exactly. that capital up to go and do the next deal instead of holding out for two thousand pounds when. That that's just that seems crazy to me. It's absolutely crazy. You know what? Once a property's had its time on the market, 
I'd, uh, when we put a property on the market to sell it, we want it. It's different with a big development or something. But if it, if it's a small development, when I put properties on the market, I want them sold in a month. Yeah. I want them under offer within a month. If they're not under, certainly offer within six weeks, I'm dropping the price. Yeah. Because I, you know, I need to keep money moving. Always keep your money moving. Um, you know, always have a property on the market or something on the market. Keep your money moving. Uh, keep keep driving forward. Keep mm-hmm. driving forward. Because if you're static, you're going backwards. Yeah, exactly. In this market, you know, if you've got a, a portfolio and it's going up 10% a year because the market's going up, that's different. But it isn't like that anymore. Yeah. This market, Ryan, sorts the men out from the boys. And if that's sexist, I apologize, or the girls from the ladies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this market's not going anywhere, really. It's pretty static. So yeah. you've got to make it happen for yourself. And the only way to do that is to buy is to buy properties that are, have got angles uh, below market value where you can add value and then and then I refurbish it and let it all sell it on or whatever. And that's what's important. I, ex- I agree exactly so much with that. And then I, I, I agree as well with you've got to be the one to make it happen. You know, I always, people always say to me, oh, where did you find those deals? You know, where, how are you finding the deals? And it's like, well, the, the thing that's in your pocket, that mobile phone that you've, probably spend so much time on something that's not productive. You know, I bet everyone listening to this right now could go into their settings and see what they've set set their screen time on. And if you've been spending loads of time on social media but haven't been able to find a deal, I want just swap it over. Get on the phone, ring people, and just keep grafting. I try and meet one – I try and meet one new person a day. Yeah. One new person a day. You can do that, okay. Sometimes I'm like, I'm, I like next Wednesday. I think I'm speaking in somewhere in, in Wembley. I think that some do. I'm going to probably meet about 75 people in a day. But you know, it's just that's just what I'm doing these days, partly off. But it's a bit different. But genuinely, I try and I try and meet one new person a day who I can do a deal with or who 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 who's looking for a property. Because don't forget, you know, uh, even you know, even if it's it doesn't, I get offered. A property doesn't suit me, Ryan. It might suit someone else. I might be able to get a two percent finder's fee from someone. Yes. I'm very, by the way, I'm very happy to take two percent finder's fee off you, Ryan. Yep. If there's something like this property I know about and you don't, yep. I'm delighted to take two percent, um, yep. and vice versa. I'm sure. Yep. So it's it's like a big not cartels the wrong word, but you know we all want to be working within a network together and helping each other, and that's what it's about. I've never minded someone else making a profit out of me. The most someone ever made out of out of a profit was in 1992. We bought two blocks of two tower blocks in West Bromwich, um, 200 and 140 flats in each block, 280 flats, and the guy bought them for 75,000 per block six months early. Because in those days, the councils thought even if they gave the blocks away, it saves them having to blow them up because to blow them up is half a million pounds a time. Yeah. So if they gave them to someone or virtually gave them to someone uh, and they were going to refurbish them and spend money on them and, and re-let them, that would be better than the council having to blow them up. But we realized that we could refurbish these flats and sell them to first-time buyers. So we gave this chap a profit. Well, we gave him $1.55 million in 1992 for two blocks. See, and he'd paid 75000 each for them six months earlier. So that's that's a deal of a lifetime. 
So, but we're happy. I was happy to do so because I'm confident about my ability, and I don't mind who I don't. I couldn't care what what anybody's made out of me. I couldn't care less. As long right. as I know I can go on and make money myself, why should I care what someone else makes? Yeah, I'm, why should I worry? I'm with you there, and it keeps it, it keeps it moving. It's it's all about yeah. that getting the cash back in, you know, churning it, churning yeah. it in and out, get it back yeah. in, get it out, get it out, get it working for you. I think you, you keep your money moving. Yeah, you yeah. see these people saying, "Oh, well, you know what? I'm going to hold on to that deal because mm-hmm. I want X from it, or I'm." This yeah. is my actual, I'm going to wait for it. But then you've done two or three deals and they're still holding on to that one because you're just churning, you're just moving. And Yeah, the- and, and, the, and the other thing is, you know, builders, a lot, of, a lot of good builders run into this problem. Because they've built it, they think it's the best house in the world. Yeah. Because they've built it. And actually, they don't believe, you know, people come along, they make them offers and the offer is not enough. Well, it doesn't matter what the builder or what I or what you think the property is worth or an agent thinks it's worth. The market will dictate what that property is worth. It's as simple as that. Not yeah. you. Yeah. Exactly. You, 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 you're not going to decide what it's worth. The only person who's going to decide what it's worth is the person who's going to buy it off you. Yeah. So actually, and you know, it's not like going to Tesco's and buying, buying a can of beans. There's no price. There's no, no. There's another price. You know. There's no. There's no. There's no limited price on it, or offer on it. It, it is what someone will pay, mm. uh, and that can vary probably up to ten percent on personal opinion. Yes. The more, especially the more expensive it is, the property is, it's all personal opinion. You know. Um, you know. It, it, you might. You might. You might like it more than I like it. You may be willing to pay more than I would for it. Well, that's fine, isn't it? Yeah, this, you know, there's very early on when I started getting into property, there was a guy who um, is actually a, a private bridger who did that because he had a massive property portfolio, and I mean massive, yeah. sold yeah. them all off. And yeah. I have learned so much from that, that guy. And listening to yeah. you, you sound very similar. And he's always, always, always said to me, what are you going to sell them for? And I'll tell him and he'll go, no, it's only worth what someone's prepared to pay. Yeah. And yeah. It's so, so true. It really is. I think the thing is, you've, you've really got to listen to the agent, what the agents say. Yes. But you've got to make your own mind up because what you have to remember is every day an estate agent pulls the curtains back of their bedroom with their bedroom window and it's a sunny day. Yes. And they have to, they have to be optimistic about everything. They want your property on the market. The old trick, of course, as we all know, is that they'll overestimate what it's worth to get it and then they work the price down over the next month to what it should be yeah. in order to sell it. Don't let an estate agent get you into financial difficulty because what you've got to remember is they are not buying the property. They are gutless. You're the brave one. You're the entrepreneur, not them. Yeah. They are gutless. They are an agent. They haven't got the balls to buy it themselves, but they've, they've, but they've got the, the balls, if you like, to get you into trouble by telling you it's worth more than it is. Yeah. You've got to make your own decision on what it's worth. Do not believe all the hype. And it may well be, and quite often, you get three prices from three different agents. There's a big difference. Yeah. I, don't always, I don't always put it on the market with the one that says it's worth the most. Yeah. I quite often put it on with the says worth the least yeah. or, the, or the middle one. Uh, at the end, I, I want to sell it. I don't want to be sat there for six months with it. I've, no. got, I've got interest running on it like everyone else. Yeah, You don't I've want to be left holding the baby, baby, do you? You don't want to be holding the baby. You need to keep things moving. 
and and uh, it, it's really it's really important. And, you know, go on the land registry. They say to you, oh, well, that one down the road sold for two, sold for two hundred and sixty thousand. Really, that's what it that's what it was on the market at. But yeah. what did it really sell for? Go on right move and check. You'll find it's probably sold for twenty grand less. Yeah. I love having yeah. that conversation where, you know, Tom, Thomas Escherbeck actually is a big, big, big guy, great guy for this. And he always asks the, the question at the end and says, well, what am I missing? And then lets them explain that. And a lot of the time they are, they, I've seen them do it. They've done it to me. Oh, well, that one, that one was on the market for 260. That one was on the market for 270. Yeah, but it didn't yeah. sell for that, did it? What did it actually no, sell for? Exactly. What did it actually sell for? There is a balance, Ryan, because yes. if, you're, if you're too negative about everything, you, you end up talking yourself out of everything. And what I, what, I, what I always say is that most property developers and investors, the investors are a bit different, but certainly developers aren't very bright people. Okay? We're not that bright. It's a no. very, very simple business. It's complicated by these so-called trainers who are out there selling their wares for 1,000, 2,000 a day and allegedly training you to do something. Actually, it's a very simple business. They're complicating it in order to be able to charge you more money. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. You're buying it for one price. You're refurbishing it probably. You're renting it or you're, or you're selling it and you're yeah. refinancing or you're selling. It's a very, very simple business. It's yes. not complicated. That's why most property people aren't very bright. And yeah. that is a fact. Yeah. It really is. And I find if they, people are, 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 are very bright, they're over-analytic and they talk themselves into the deal, out of the deal, they analyze it to death and they never do anything. Yep. Yep. Heard it many times, many times, where they've overcomplicated it because they're trying to do X, Y, and Z. Totally. totally. And, and you, need, you need to unravel it and get it back, get it back to the simple basis. Yeah. Uh, and they're trying to make it so complicated. It's just crazy. Buy at one price, add a little bit of value to it, sell it at yeah. a higher price or rent it, it out. Ro- it really isn't rocket science, yeah. I promise you. Keep Otherwise, it. I wouldn't be doing it. Keep <laughs> it. Yeah, same. I'm with you there. Um, it's, for me, it's the buzz <laughs> of, the, of the deal. I absolutely love chasing down deals. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 without question. You know, I'm a deal junkie. And uh, I haven't bought anything for nine months and I'm struggling because I'm a deal junkie and I need mm-hmm. to... I'm about to buy three blocks of flats, actually, which is handy, uh, hopefully, in <laughs> the next, next week or two. But, I mean, it, it, you know, I'm a deal junkie. And if I haven't got to, ideally, and it, it sounds good because I've got two schemes on the moment, you know, one I'm spending two and a half million on, the bill costs, and the other I'm spending 27 million on. So it, it sounds like I, re, you know, I do a lot of construction work, which, of course, I do. But I'd much rather buy, buy blocks of flats and trade them out to other people than mm. I would, than would deal with builders every day. I can promise you that. <laughs> you know. yeah well i'm really weird i like dealing with the trades oh I, you know what i've mm-hmm. heard like you have no doubt i've heard it and seen it all before the only way to the only way to do these things properly is to get a fixed price off the builder yep. do a schedule of works get a fixed price and even if it's a very simple job um, write down exactly what you want done yeah make sure then get the builder to add to that list because he'll think of things that you haven't thought about yep. add those get a fixed price from them, get them to sign it yeah, and get them to agree a timescale, yeah. which they buy into. Now, when you get that timescale and they say it's four months to do it, add another two months. Always. Don't tell them that. 
Yep. And that way, you won't be frustrated when they finish after five and a half months. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They'll think you're disappointed, uh, but actually, you've already you've, you've you already put that in the deal. You've made it out. It's in it. It's going to take two months longer than they've said because it always will do. And by the way, always check always check that the windows open after they've painted them, and always check always check that they've painted the inside the cupboards. Yes. Yeah, and then don't let them use the sink to wash out their brushes that you've just put in. Don't use no. And the other thing, Ryan, which drives me totally insane, is always make sure you get all the guarantees for the gas, the water, or whatever it is, the the new the new cooker, all the guarantees. Get them. Make sure you get them immediately and send them to your solicitor, and don't leave them in the property because those builders will lose them for you. Oh, I left it in the cupboard and in the you know in, yeah. in in a drawer in the kitchen. Did you? Well, it's not there. Yeah, it's an absolute nightmare. Get all the certificates together, electrical certificate. Get them to your lawyer. And by the way, don't put it on the market before it's finished. Wait till it's totally, utterly finished. You've snagged it. You've double snagged it because when the builder says it's finished, it's not. You'll go in and find a write a nice big list out of what they haven't done right. Mm. After three times of snagging, it should be finished. Then put it, have an open day, an open morning, get it on the market. You'll get a buyer just as easy if you did easier than you did two months early when it's half finished. Yeah. Get the buyer. In the meantime, make sure your solicitor has done, uh, got a draft contract ready, answered all the inquiries uh, before so that you've got a full sales pack. So when you do have a buyer, it can go, it goes straight out the next day to the buyer solicitors. And then you can say, right, you've got 28 days to exchange. You mm. need to be try and be in control of your sale, and if you drip drab the information to the to the to the to the buyer solicitor over a month, how possibly can you control the deal? You can't get it all done, get everything ready in advance, be organised, and then you've got a chance. I think that's excellent advice as well for anybody listening. You know, just it speeds that process up, and also you, you know, we've, we've been touching about looking after your team as well. Well, that actually makes yeah. your solicitor want to work with you, you know? Yeah, pick a, yeah and I, I, get, I get told off by my stepdaughter, who's bits PC, because it, when I speak at some of these events, and she cringed when I said, when I say, um, when, you, you know, when you're picking a solicitor, uh, make sure you meet them. Don't yeah. go, a, don't do an online one. Pay them decent money and make sure that, one, they're not about to go on maternity leave, which is the, the old trick. Yeah. or paternity leave, so I, I, I cover myself there now, Ryan, and make sure they're not going on sabbatical, make sure they're not about to go on three weeks holiday, and make sure they're full-time, because yeah. there's nothing more frustrating than, than finding out that the solicitor you've employed is only part-time and is only in two or three days a week. It drives me insane yeah. uh, when, yeah. when it's like that, on, when, you, when, you, when it's on the other side of a deal. So, you know, just make sure, and always pick a solicitor who's, in, who's pleased that you're going to be successful, wants you to be successful, and not bitter and twisted about the, you, seeing you make a load of money and they don't make hardly any. You know, you want someone who's interested in, in you and interested in your project and will respond to you within a, an hour when you email them. Don't pester them unnecessarily, but when you do contact them, Make sure they contact you back at least within an hour. Even if it's to say, look, I'm really busy, John. I'll email you back in a few hours' time. That's fine. Yeah. And, and, any, and make sure that they respond to the other side's listers within 24 hours maximum. Yeah. They're all 
Excellent, excellent tips for anybody dealing with solicitors. And I always think that probably more deals fall out of better solicitors than anywhere oh, else. Oh my goodness! Uh, do you know? Do you know? Do you know what, Ryan? Um, at least thirty percent of deals, at least thirty percent deals fall out of bed. At yeah. least thirty percent. And once you have a buyer, you've only done thirty, forty percent of the deal. Yeah. A good agent, a good agent will make sure that deal goes through smoothly for you. And that is as important as finding the buyer in the first place, if not more important. Yeah. I, just you, because you've got a buyer and th- you think your job's over, it's only just started. No, you, Getting that over the yeah. line these days is yeah. very, very difficult. Yeah, nail on the head there. And just touching on the point of, of paying your solicitor, you know, my solicitor is yeah. very expensive. But yeah, you get what you pay for in life, I, don't you? Exactly. And I... I probably pay double what I would pay on a standard, if I buy a flip, just a standard standard house, I'll probably pay double yeah. what I could get it for. But do you know what? Two weeks, she's done everything she needs from my side. She's waiting for searches to come back. She's done everything. She's ready. I don't mind paying for that speed. You know what? You, you, get, you really do get what you pay for on the whole. And actually, you, you want your solicitor to take the time and trouble to do the job properly. You don't want your solicitor to get you into financial or legal problems. And my solicitor I've worked with for 25, 30 years. And when he says to me, most of the time he's on holiday these days, which does annoy me, but he's still exchanging. I don't bother whether he's holiday or not. I still email him. And um, he, he always comes back to me and he's exchanged contracts while he's in Barbados on the beach and uh, on a luxury cruise on the Queen Mary and all sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't care where he is as long as he's doing the job for me. And um, I'm, I'm back in England working hard, while, well, by the way, while he's, a, while he's sunning himself normally. But anyway, so, so it's re- really important to have that relationship. And also you get to trust them. And when, when my sister says, John, this really is, a, and I say to him, is this a problem or are you just being a, a, a bit, bit of a lightweight, you know? And he'll yeah. say, John, this is a serious legal problem. And I say, can we get around it? Is there a way around it? He says, if he says no, I drop it. Yeah. I don't try and, I don't try and um, prove, prove him wrong. Yeah. You know, some people seem to seem obsessed with trying to, um, you know, prove 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 themselves to be cleverer than everyone else i'm not and if my legal team say look john you don't be doing this i don't do it yeah In- incredible advice what totally away from property um yeah i've started uh, asking this question to to everybody i did a podcast yesterday and uh, got really good answer and it was um so how do so you... I'm under a bit of pressure then. Oh, well, you're Thanks under pressure now and you don't know what the question is. <laughs> I, I don't even know what the question is. I know. It's, well, a, bit like property, it's like a bit it. like property question time, you know, I do on um, yeah. on um, Sky 189. And uh, they, they used to send me the questions the day before that people have emailed in. Yeah. I don't bother now. I just get them on. I just, I just do it live and, and I, don't, I don't mind what the question is. I agree. It's the best way to do it. It's so my better question way, for you way. Then is how yeah. do you how do you chill out then? Oh, totally away from property. What's your chill okay. out downtime like? Okay, so so I do a few things that is important. I've got an I've got a few people on my team. I've got a dog called Ivy, who's a labradoodle. And by the way, if the market is if you if you're in a very hot market and it's rising quickly, my labradoodle could make as much money if she could if her paw was a signature she could make as much money as anyone else yeah remember that yeah. that cannot be right so when that market is as hot as that 
it's time to get out. Yeah. So um, she's on the team. So I, I do quite a lot of walking. Um, I've got a very good tennis coach. I was at Wimbledon with him on Friday. And uh, I, I, I hit some tennis balls once a week. And I find that very good because for an hour, all I'm thinking about is getting the ball in the, in the, between those white lines. And I don't often always achieve it. <laughs> uh, so I do that. And I also do some cycling. Um, again, mentally, that's really good. Um, you know, it's a bit of a cliche now, I know. But I, I do find that uh, mentally really good because, you know, when you're slogging up a hill, you're not thinking about anything else. So, and, and on the whole, I've learned to handle pressure uh, over the last 40 years. You know, you have bad days uh, and you just have to, the days, at the end of the, end of the bad day, it's gone. The, yeah. the next day is a different day and, and you've got another set of opportunities and you just need to take them. I think that's incredible. One of my favorite things actually about asking this question is that a lot of people nowadays think you need to be literally slogging away all the time. And I completely disagree with that. Um, and that's against loads of the people around my age. I think mm. the chill out time is so, so important. I think it's smart time. Now, I, wouldn't, yeah. I don't totally agree with you there because my longest holiday I've ever had is five days. So I don't totally agree with you. But, but the, with the phone and emails, these, I mean, I probably get 100 emails a day, the different businesses I've got and different things, probably a bit more. Uh, so it isn't easy to get away from it at times. However, um, you do need to, I switch my phone off at seven, half seven at night if I'm at home. Mm-hmm. If I'm not at home in a hotel, I tend to leave it on. But if I'm at home, I switch it off. I don't take it out when I go to a restaurant uh, or anything like that. So I find that important as well. You mm-hmm. do need time away from your phone. You do need time away from your phone. Hundred percent. Where do you yeah. get that? You know, we've got to we've got to be firing when we're we're chasing these deals. You want to be at yep, your optimum performance. So if you're all the time working, then you're not gonna, in, in my opinion, you're not gonna be firing all the time. So to have those down times and those times where you know you are present with other people that your loved ones, etc., or you're taking your dog for a walk. It just resets yeah. you quite nicely, I think. It's really important to have that time. And interestingly, I went to an event for Mind, which is the you know, mental health charity. Mm-hmm. And they had eight, eight points to keep your mental health well. Everyone has mental health, but the key is to keep it, keep it in good order. And one of those things which surprised me was having time on your own. Yeah. Time on your own was one of the ticks, one of the eight ticks you should do. And for some people, that is driving home um, from work when they're on their own. Other people, it's when they're in the bath. Yeah, You might want to share your bath with your partner. It's up to you. But um, <laughs> So it's time on your own. Uh, and that re- that's, that's one of the important um, things to do with um, mental health, having good mental health, which surprised me because a lot of people would perhaps think, well, actually – you know, being on your own is not good for your mental health, but apparently having some time every day quietly on your own is good. Mm. Just to sort of compose your own thoughts and collect. I'd imagine so, yeah, i imagine so. It did surprise me. When I thought back about it, you know what? I do like having some time on my own. It might mm. be first thing in the morning. I've got horses and whatever. I feed the horses with the dog and all the rest of it and go off and, 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 and have a walk or whatever at six o'clock or something in the morning. But everyone... Everyone needs that a little bit of time on their own, yeah. 
Yeah. Mm, definitely. And that's the time then where I suppose you can start sort of planning out what you're going to do, et cetera, et cetera, which is, is really good. So my last question for you, yes. and before I let you go, because I know you're a very busy man, is there anything you think I should have asked you, but I haven't? I think you've, I think we've covered, I don't know about you and I don't know about, you know, I've listened to one or two of your podcasts, but I think I've done okay. I think we've covered quite a lot of ground, haven't we, Ryan? Um, there's always other things. I mean, we haven't touched on auctions, and obviously, I was a director till last year of Auction as UK for nine years, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm I'm just finishing a book on auctions actually, which hopefully will be out by Christmas, because auctions is a great, great source of finding. You know, all the you know with the auction catalogue, every every property in that auction catalogue is a potential deal. You've got to find the right one that works for you, and you want it, and you've got to find out why it's in the auction and what's wrong with it and if it's something you can live with or not uh, and you can put right. So, but um, auctions, I mean, the auction market only represents 2% of the UK property market. All it represents, which is a tiny amount. Uh, It's growing uh, and we did very well with auction house. We grew it from seven licenses or franchises to uh, 42. Um, But it's interesting. it's, it's It's not a massive part of the market, but it is growing and more and more people are, are with you know with the help of homes under the hammer and all these other things other other programs people more people are having a confidence to to buy at auction and um you know hopefully that that book that will be out at christmas time will help that fantastic and i definitely would would love to get you back on um later in the year before that's out and we'll we'll talk about yeah sure about, no problem at all about auctions yeah. so but people want to get in touch with you where is the best place for them to um, the, get the, Best place to get hold of me is johnhowardpropertyexpert.co.uk. Um, you can always contact me. My, my mobile phone number's on there actually as well. So I'm always accessible. If someone's if someone has got a deal that they uh, they've found or they want or a property they want to sell me, I'm always delighted to uh, to to hear about it. And um, if it doesn't suit me, it might suit you. You, Ryan, I might be able to sell it on to you. Yeah, I'll happily pay you. Or ta- or take or take it or take a finder's fee. <laughs> yeah, I'm there. I, anyone, anyone who can bring me a deal, absolutely. Pay them. Or we're, we're not proud, are we, Ryan? We're not proud, are we? No, definitely not. <laughs> you know, you've got to, you've got to go where the deals are, haven't you? For sure, we're, you know, for sure, absolutely. That's what it's all about, and, and it's all about having fun and 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 treating people in a, in a respectful, decent way, and uh, and having a smile on your face while you do it. Could not agree more. And I've got a massive smile on my face recording this podcast. So I think that's a great place for us to end. John, you have been an absolute legend. Thank you for coming on. It's a pleasure. See you again soon.